You're listening to the Joint Practices Podcast. Dad, who am I named after? You're named after my favorite thing in the world, son. With your host, Sean Lamont. I was waiting for woo, 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 Kenny, woo. Steve Knox. No, but I'm going to tell Elijah to go masturbate with maple syrup tonight. Let me know how that goes for you. And Elijah Arnold. You know what I did? I put some fucking honey and sugar around the rim and I drank it. Like a basic bitch. Are you excited, girl? I'm so excited, girl. Welcome to the Joint Practices Podcast. Yo, 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 yo. I do not have the energy to yell tonight. Welcome back to the Joint Practices Podcast. This is the podcast for fans, by fans, that's fans like me. I'm your host, Sean Lamont, on Twitter, at 11thegoat. Tonight, I do believe it is episode 152. And I'm joined by my co-host with the most on the Twitter bird at the Knox Says, on the Twitter bird at Elijah the Wote, Elijah and Steve. All right, you boy, one tweezy. Hey. Good evening. Thank you for having me. I'm not having you. You have a rightful place here, so. Correct. Episode 152 and an eighth. 152 and an eighth. Where the hell is 152 and an eighth? You're standing on it, dude. Somebody tell me that movie. Don't know. It's the original Ninja Turtles movie. Probably got the number wrong, but it's close enough, right? Hey. Guess what, guys? I'm tired. I went from third shift to... What's between third shift and first shift? Because that's what I'm doing right now. And my body's all messed up. Quarter shift? Something about shimmy, shimmy, quarter turn. All right. Tonight on episode 152, we are going to do the first JPP mock draft of the season. We're going to do a full round one. We are going to make the picks for our teams. We're going to let the draft network mock draft simulator do the rest. And we did a couple test runs before we started recording, and the results were outrageous and fun. So that's what this thing is for. So let's have some fun. But before we do that, we're going to get some news from our teams around the league. And also a little disclaimer. Yes, I am an idiot. And no, the draft is not next week. We are two weeks out. It's two weeks from Thursday of this week. So my bad. And we probably can't go live now because I'm going to be on third shift that week. <laughs> One of these days, I'll be back on my own schedule and things will be normal. Maybe. So. All right, let's get into it then. Let's do some team news and the Zach Ertz trade is imminent, people. <laughs> For the seventh week in a row, Zach Ertz is still an eagle still. So. News regarding the Philadelphia Eagles did break in the last day or two. Story from The Athletic. Shout out to Shield Kapadia, Bo Wolf, Zach Berman. I don't know if you guys saw the story exposing the Eagles front office and all its dysfunction. Sure did. Fire Howie Roseman and Jeffrey Lurie should donate the team to the Joint Practices podcast and the three of us will run it. I'm fine with that. Fly Eagles fly, baby. Again, Howie Roseman is a fucking loser. I want to know how many other head coaches the Tuesday after a football game, 
have to sit down with the owner and the GM and explain every decision and play call they made in that game that the owner and GM didn't agree with or like. That's some psychotic, like, narcissistic, possessive craziness. It sounds like the Cleveland Browns. So we remember talking about when Kevin Stefanski took that job and that was the news out of Cleveland was the owner had way too big a hand and everything that was played out, you know, your game plan and everything needs to be deposited into his office before, you know, the, the weekend and he has to approve of everything. It's just it's not the uh, sign of a, you know, championship football team like <laughs> the Eagles were just a few years ago. So I don't know if maybe Jeff Lurie's head has uh, inflated a bit since winning the Super Bowl, but yeah, this isn't, this isn't the way I guarantee you that. It's pretty, it's pretty bad. And the um, Howie Roseman fan club, the, the people that have like relentlessly supported and backed him over the past, few months weeks year it's not a good look for them today and the higher howie roseman should be fired clan that's ow for us today right because fucking this guy needs to go no wonder nobody wants to coach here nobody wants to play here why would you want to coach here you're basically a meat puppet Speaking You're a meat sock. It's a Nick Casiriani. It's a Nick Casiriani. Man, the Eagles are a mess. Did you know the over-under for their win total this year is set at six and a half? Really? I put six million dollars on the under. I was like reading an article. Five million dollars, please. <laughs> I was uh yeah, reading an article on a guy that like goes through the analytics and projections for teams for the upcoming season. And he actually had the Vikings um, with the seventh best schedule in the NFL based on the analytics with an average of 9.9 wins next year, which was uh, baffling and startling to me. But, you know, do you want to know the best part? Eagles over under is set at six and a half, right? They literally have the easiest strength of schedule and it's not, even close. Yikes, we're going to be so good. But just to ensure that we are good, we brought back Jordan Howard as a, you know, rotational running back, which is, you know, okay, sure. I guess I'm okay with it. He's not taking up a huge chunk of the salary gap. He's not going to take carries away from Miles Sanders. He's going to be a change of pace. You know, he is what he is. People are saying at his age and this and that. The guy's 26 years old, okay, at his age. I was dunking on a five foot rim when he was born. <laughs> I was 10. I was probably four feet tall too. That's pretty good ups. Yeah. I mean, I had ups. It's a one foot vertical way to go. <laughs> I also had assuming this- he doesn't have arms. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. Black and white Orlando magic basketball. I don't know where it came from, but it was awesome. Wasn't that like one of the, biggest uh mysteries of our youth was like where did all of these (laughs) sports team uh merchandise come from in the local stores here in maine (laughs) lots of uh, chicago bulls merch bouncing around and yeah 
in the early like, days. Because there, there was like 47 the kids around. in our elementary school all had the same uh, Oakland Raiders or Los Angeles Raiders back then, probably. Uh, starter breaker. <laughs> yeah, starter jacket. <laughs> With the little Velcro pouch in the front so you could put your gloves oh, yeah. in there. <laughs> yep. When you're playing football in the schoolyard. Yad. Yad. Yeah, Bob. Hey, didn't the Eagles also sign uh, Eric Wilson? Yes, they did. Mr. Wilson's kid, Eric. Jesus, George. Hey, Mr. Wilson. (laughs) Yeah, Eric Wilson. I like it. He's probably going to start at middle linebacker, too. So you can definitely see that uh, Jonathan Gannon is bringing in all the guys he coached with the Vikings because they know his system, and that's what he wants to install, the system he ran with Zimmer. So that's pretty cool. Maybe we could have a defense that plays football again. Maybe we could just run sticks defense on every down. Let's see how it works. (laughs) That would not be fun. Nope. See you, bye. Hey, how about the Vikings? Speaking of them. Um, Yeah. In response to that loss of uh, Eric Wilson, went outside from the Chadges linebacker, Nick Vigil to a one-year deal. Where do what? Where do they play? San Diego. Nope. The Los Angeles Chargers. I know. I just wanted to hear you say it. I know. That's why I would set you up to set me up. Um, <laughs> they also, okay, lose out on Eric Wilson. Um, also, have lost out on Julio Johnson, who signed with the Houston Texans. So, the offensive line for our offensive line defensive line for the Vikings is just complete overhaul coming into this year obviously Michael Pierce last year opted out uh, they bring in Dalvin Tomlinson you're gonna have uh, Daniel Hunter hopefully coming back barring any qualms with his uh, current contract um, somewhere in the draft probably gonna have to pick up a guy to uh, rush off the other edge so, yeah, all new. And uh, some very awful news uh, coming out of the, the Vikings world. Uh, last year's first-round pick, cornerback Jeff Gladney, apparently turned himself into police, uh, being charged with felony assault charges. So not a good look at all. Um, looks like... Could be facing two to ten years in prison. Sometimes these football guys have a way of sliding under the radar with that. But um, you would have to think there's probably going to be a commissioner's exemplist at minimum, at maximum. Maybe the Vikings cut ties with him. Um, but I would be hard-pressed to say he's going to be playing this year. And this is this is actually like a pretty big issue for the NFL because they continuously turn a blind eye to these sort of you know allegations and charges and convictions, and uh, it's about time they they got to step up, start doing some things, educate these young men, and let them know you know this is something that's not going to be tolerated in the league because I mean it's multiple times a year it feels like that you know somebody gets an accusation or they're convicted and they get suspended for four to six games 
but it, you know, there's no place for it in our world for, you know, a man to be hitting a woman or their children, things like that. Like, or their pets. Yeah. The NFL really needs to step in and, uh, you know, put a stop to this because it just, it's just uh, it's frustrating, very frustrating to have to talk about it time in and time out. Yes. I was going to say that it's, you know, part of me wants to be angry at the player, you know, any player that is accused of this, because first of all, you have an opportunity to have a career playing a game that we all love. Like you're getting paid millions of dollars and you just like do something so horrific. Like I don't care how angry you are at each other. You have to be mentally prepared to be able to walk away from a situation, leave the room, leave the house, leave the area. There's no excuse for it. Like there's no, well, she said this, she did that. I don't care. I don't care. You cannot put your hands on a woman under any circumstances. It's unacceptable. And like you said, the NFL needs to come down hard on these guys. It should be a lifetime ban. If you're, if you're found guilty of assaulting a woman, you're gone. Bye. End of story. Yeah, same page. They've never done it, and they probably won't do it, but absolute same page. But you have to also look back at, you know, there's a long history. Ray Lewis, Ben Roethlisberger. These people went on to not only have long careers in the NFL, by the end of it, it was all forgotten, and they got NFL Network jobs. Well, Roethlisberger's still playing, but it's been forgiven. It's been overlooked. I, I certainly hope it changes, but I don't trust the NFL to do anything ever at all even a little bit when it comes to the right thing. Yep. I think the only one that really comes to mind that had an effect was Ray Rice. And that was only because the video came out. Right. Exactly. The video came exactly out. Exactly what like, I was going to say. However many months later and, and then action was taken. Uh, same thing with Kareem Hunt came out later on video. And once people saw it, when it was just the words in the police report, then it was nothing. So but Kareem Hunt got a job after that. Ray Rice never played again. Kareem Hunt was better at football at that time. So Ray Rice was kind of an easy uh, easy one to walk away from. Uh, I think the interesting ones are uh, the ones where they've got 10 years of uh, all-pro level football left. There's never been one of those that's been walked away from before ever. It just hasn't happened. Yep. It should have happened, but it hasn't. And like, uh, you know, we're talking about Gladney at this point and you know all these other big name guys you just earlier this offseason we had that scumbag from the Seattle Seahawks who like beat the dog shit out of his fiance and then like we talked about it on this couple you know however many episodes ago where he was sitting there eating when she woke up and walked to the bathroom and he's like oh I thought you were dead this the last I knew he was still on the roster yeah, I don't know. What the fuck? Let's go. Ugh. Touchy subject, I know. Some people don't want to talk about it. Some people don't want to hear about it. But this is uh, what we're facing. And we should probably normalize talking about it because these 
types of things are serious and should be taken seriously and these people should be dealt with. So um, let's try to brighten the mood a little bit here. Elijah, you got your tissues ready? Why? Because. Because why? Surfboard Stewart retires from the New England Patriots. I know Julian Edelman retired. I don't know the reference. Just made I, it up. I assume that he likes surfing. He kind of looks like a surfer guy. Uh, yeah, he's calling it a career. Failed the physical, and he is out of there. It's been a long time coming. I mean, well, not a long time. It's been a couple of years coming. Uh, constantly hurt. Uh, Tom Brady's gone now. His 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 bro, his, his amigo. Um, so, yeah. I mean, it was a hell of a ride. And now there's really no uh, remaining offensive link to the glory days. Yep. And from what I read, Edelman said, like, my body has just failed me. Like, I, yeah. I mean, I mentally want to play. Physically, I cannot. That's what you get for that. Uh, well, also, I mean, he's a receiver that's 34 years old, I think. Uh, yeah. He was also a slot receiver who took a lot of hits. A lot of hits. He was never scared about going over the middle and taking the licks and getting knocked dead ass out cold. So, yeah, hell of a player for twelve years. I think it was it was fun while it lasted, but um, nothing gold can stay. Well, let me throw this out there because. The Twitterverse was on fire after this tweet from Matt Miller, who referenced Julian Edelman as a Hall of Famer. Patriots Hall of Famer, maybe. (laughs) I don't think so. First off, no, maybe about that. That's that's that. I feel like that's team Hall of Fame, sure. Team Hall of Fame, short team Hall of Fame, absolutely. The National Football Hall of Fame. So will not be going to Canton. Probably not. I I know I'm supposed to be fiery and and and, and get nope. upset and stuff about Hall nope. of Fame's, but Hall of Fame's to me are kind of silly sometimes. It's very very so so how do you grade it? Well, the, there was an argument that I saw that said if Eli Manning got in, then Julian Edelman deserves to get in. And I and, don't well, hate that argument. Just because Julian Edelman was good at what he did he still wasn't like an elite number one, like can't miss receiver. Like well, they won without him an elite number one. Can't miss quarterback either. Exactly. Like the whole argument because Eli might get in or they think Eli has hall of fame potential. Like Eli was instrumental in his team's two super bowls while Edelman played his part. Like, if we put every guy in that played their part, there would be 9 million more people in the Hall of Fame. Well, not every guy has the second most uh, receiving yards in the playoffs and touchdowns in the playoffs. And uh, catches in the playoffs. Yeah, receptions. Receptions. So so while you can say you can put in thousands, if you're going by receivers that do things in the playoffs to get their teams there, you can put in two. Because he's number two. I think the next closest closest active guy is Gronk. And he's still like 30 catches behind Edelman. Yeah. But that I'm not saying that puts him in either. But 
Hall of Fames are so subjective because is it off of just, you know, their their uh, stats during the regular season? Now, Julian Edelman was never an all-pro or anything like that. He was never even the best, uh, probably not, maybe top five in his, his, his best years at his position. But also, he did stuff when it mattered the most. So I mean, He I, played 11 years, and he had 6,800 receiving yards. Yeah, but he's only a receiver for like... Yeah, because he was eight a of defensive those years, back. maybe. He, he played defensive back. back. He played, yeah, he didn't start playing receiver full time until 2013. Now, is that a knock on his receiving skills or was it just what he was asked to do? Dude. So, and, it's also, is he going in as a football player or a receiver? I mean, it, it, it's an argument people will have, but I don't, he, he won't get in. That's true. But I'm sure that some people that are less deserving than Julian Edelman have gotten in and will get in in the future. I think he was a hell of a football player that uh, uh, was the did anything, anything he was asked of for a, for a very long time, probably to the detriment of his football stats. Yeah, he uh, I mean, if anybody wants to talk about the Patriot way, like I think Julian Edelman should be the guy that's on the front page of that that book. It's, uh, he literally what was the quote he had, you know, hugging Belichick, you know, like. I'd do anything for you, man, or something like that. Like, and that's exactly what he did. Like, didn't matter what it was Bill wanted him to do. He he's drafted out of Kent State as a quarterback, brought in to you know play defensive back, play safety, play kick returner, you know, gunner on the punts. Uh, just, I mean, he he did everything he needed to do. And you mentioned him starting, you know, as a full time receiver in 2013 because. You lose Wes Welker. Uh, Danny Amendola what, had a groin injury that year. So you get Julian Edelman comes in to play with the three rookies that they drafted that year. Uh, it, it was just an awful receiving crew for the most part. And boom, Edelman steps in, 1,000 yards receiving, first first time out. <laughs> it's uh, pretty incredible. And I, I'd have to say one of the most reliable guys as far as when it comes down to you need somebody to make a play, you know, Julian was the guy that they leaned on and he almost always, you know, came through in those clutch moments. Agreed. Sure. Hey, I'm not going to knock the guy and say he wasn't a good football player because he really was a good football player. Personally, I can't put him in the hall of fame. He never won. He never made a pro bowl, which I thought was kind of weird didn't make a fan vote uh, uh didn't make all pro, pro bowl well, the, the starters are fan vote everything else is coaches and players let's be fair uh you know what is weird he had 25 fumbles in his career it's because he was always going for those extra yards it's a lot remember that fumble uh on a kickoff playing against the jets and somebody put a lick into uh, the guy returning for the Jets and the ball just popped out and Edelman just happened to be running by and just caught it, ran it in for a touchdown. I do remember <laughs> that. Good times. All right. Eagles, Vikings, Patriots. We are all caught up on the goodness and the greatest and the goatest stuff. So we talked about it last week. It sounds like this might actually come to fruition. Sounds like we might get some jersey number madness in our future because sounds like, if I say sounds like one more time, punch myself, 
the owners are going to go ahead and approve this. It looks like that uh, jersey number, what do they call it? Restrictions. Relaxation of the restrictions. So, like, you're going to see defensive backs in the single digits and receivers in the single digits. It's going to be really cool. Uh, Funny story, Darius Slay tweeted out, Hey, Eagles, let me get two or nine. LOL, face, face, whatever. First of all, number nine belongs to a certain gentleman with a very long penis. (laughs) You cannot have it. It's Big Dick Nick. The guy that caught the touchdown in the Super Bowl. There it is. And uh, number two is available now because, yes. well, because be one is wearing one. This is wearing one. <laughs> when that thing happened, I was like, okay, Carson Wentz chose two because he wore, he wanted number two when he came to the pros. They wouldn't give it to him because it was like David Aker's number or something who hasn't played for the Eagles in how long and was a kicker. So whatever. So he took 11 because one plus one is two. So he went to the Colts and they allowed him to have two. So he took two. So then Jalen Hurts and the Eagles changed Jalen Hurts number to one. And at first I thought it was, I had the knee jerk reaction like, oh my God, are they being that fucking petty because Carson chose two? They're moving Jalen off of two. (sighs) There's so many things connected to this first of all it wasn't it was Jalen always wanted number one but Cam Johnson the punter had it so now that he's gone the last just like I when he went to Oklahoma he's number one something this confusing I was literally listening to a Cumadon podcast well listen to this because <laughs> you know how you made fun of me all year with to the goat to the goat to the goat yeah it was pretty funny yeah well now two is the goat <laughs> Boom. Roast. Did Tom Brady switch his number to two? No, Tom Brady doesn't count. Tom Brady, we're talking about humans who play football, not okay, avocado. So we discount him, motherfuckers. Yeah, I don't know. Who's second best? Carson oh, Wentz. That'll open a hole. Yeah. That's such a, your words. <laughs> like, go. They're, they're funny. Hey, you want to hear funny? Yeah. They're making a movie about the New Orleans Saints head coach, Sean Payton. Have you guys heard who is going to play Sean Payton in said movie? I have. And my biggest problem with the movie isn't even that. But please continue. Paul Blart, NFL coach. Kevin James. Okay. I don't see it. It's happened before where we've said like uh, Heath Ledger as a joker was a big joke until he fucking nailed it. So imagine, just fucking imagine if in a year we're sitting here talking about the Sean Payton movie, like winning an Oscar for Kevin James. It won't win an Oscar because they're going to paint him out to be some sort of hero. He's not. So, yeah, but yeah. like this is this Kevin for me James is, is kind perfect of a big dude, it's right? A joke, just like the movie is like. I mean, big dudes can lose weight, but if I'm understanding it correctly, it is about Sean Payton's return to the NFL after a year hiatus. And like, is that a story anyone really needs? Is there really an OK, so this multi-million dollar coach that may or may not have known about bounty gate has to take a year off he just chills for a year sounds pretty fucking relaxing to me comes back still has millions of dollars and and the story is not it's not rudy it's not remember the titans it's not even we are marshall it's a rich guy sitting there uh, uh it's on sean ass, still watching football for a year coming back with all of his money 
Yeah, Sean you know Payton why? leading the Saints to a seven to nine season. You know why we have this? You know why this is becoming a movie? Because people bitch about there's no new ideas. There's no new movies. Well, guess what? Somebody came up with a new idea for a movie. Kevin James is Sean Payton. This summer, Kevin James is a stapler. I would rather watch that. All right. So before we get to the mock draft, legend, Darkman X, DMX passed away. And, you know, rest in peace. Thoughts and prayers to his family. But I just want to get this off my chest because I heard the most absurd thing at the lunch table today that DMX died because he got a COVID shot. Yeah, you overdosed on it, didn't you hear? Shut the fuck up, people. Oh, my God. I am so sick of mullet-having motherfuckers trying to tell me that they know more than a guy that studied virology for 60-plus years. Shut up. Get on your little yellow buggy and shut up. (laughs) All right. You guys want to do a mock draft? Sounds fun to me. All righty. Just like last year, we are using the draftnetwork.com's mock draft simulator. Sometimes things get a little funky on here. Uh, The first one we tried out, I think it had the Eagles picking at 12, you know, where their pick is. And I had Kyle Pitts, Devonta Smith, and Jalen Waddle all on the board, which we all know it's not very realistic. So let's go ahead and start the clock. We know Jacksonville has picked one and they are taking Trevor Lawrence. No surprise. The quarterback out of Clemson, the New York football Jets are on the clock at number two. They did trade away Sam Darnold. So quarterback is off the board here as expected, but mock draft has the Jets taking Justin Fields quarterback. Kyle Shanahan just peed his pants. I believe that would be the biggest payoff of a gamble ever in the history of the league, trading up to a spot, not knowing which quarterback's going to drop to you. So the 49ers picking third, Zach Wilson, quarterback BYU. If that were to happen, that would be insane. I think we can all go ahead and permanent marker Zach Wilson in at number two to the Jets, you know, when the draft comes along here in a couple weeks. So if that were to happen, I think that third pick is going to be a little bit more spicy because there's a lot of smoke that that pick is going to be Mac Jones at number three, which is insane to me. McCorkle Jones, by the way. His name's McCorkle. His name is McCorkle. I didn't know that. You name shame him. That's like Von Miller. That's gangster. McCorkle? Put the cork in her, baby. McCorkle Jones. All right, so number four on the clock, the Atlanta Falcons want to trade out of this pick, but in our mock draft, we didn't have a trade, so they took Kyle Pitts, the tight end out of Florida. That's not even fair. Calvin Ridley. Julio Julio Ones. Ones. (laughs) And Kyle Pitts with Matty Ice Cream throwing the football around. Nice. Number five, the Cincinnati Bengals. Taking Penny Sewell, the offensive tackle for Oregon. Somebody has to keep Joe Burrow upright or else he is going to break his legs every year. And just 
a little bit of information for people listening. We're going to do our own picks, so we're not going to auto-pick when we get there. Miami Dolphins on the clock at 6. Are you kidding me? The edge rusher from Miami, Jalen Phillips. There is no way on earth they're not taking Jamar Chase if he's there. That's why these little mock drafts are fun. They're not meant to be serious. They're just fun. So number seven, the Detroit football lions, Jamar chase going to be catching duck balls from the goof. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man. Good times. Good times. All right. Number eight, Carolina Panthers. Offensive tackle Rashawn Slater out of Northwestern. It sucks that they traded for Darnold because I thought this was a surefire quarterback team that would push another good player down. Teams picking 12, 14, or 15. That's our teams. But they take the offensive tackle, try to keep Darnold upright. And look at this. The Denver Broncos at pick nine do not have to trade up to get their quarterback of the future. Trey Lance falls to nine to Denver. That would be insane if Denver doesn't have to move and they can get Lance at nine. I think they're going to move up. impossibility with Atlanta, but that would be I don't think it's necessary, really. Like, look at the teams in between now. Like, nobody really needs a quarterback, you know what I mean? Unless, Unless Atlanta really wants to pick a quarterback because they don't think Matt Ryan has a lot left. Uh, well, they have, they've also been very vocal that they want to trade out of that pick. They want to trade back. And I'll tell you who's a sneaky team to trade up. The Washington football team. The Washington Washington, as this has it listed as. The Washington Washington. I can see them trading up for a Trey Lance type of player, and that would just make them scary, and they would win the division probably the next three years. So on the clock at number 10. The Dallas Cowboys. And of course, stabbing me in the heart, they take the quarterback, cornerback from Alabama, Patrick Sertain, Jr. That the sucks. Second. He's junior. no longer a junior because he has a third. The second, the third, the fourth, the fifth. Patrick Sertain's Minor kid. in the major lift. <laughs> goes to the Cowboys who need cornerback help. They have like nobody on the roster that can play football competently. So. That's a good pick for them. It's a bad pick for the rest of the NFC East. And here we go, because the New York Giants are now on the clock at number 11. And I said this when the Eagles traded back. Trading behind both of those teams was a mistake. And here we go, because the New York football Giants are taking wide receiver Alabama Jalen Waddle. Holy cow. First of all, I don't understand the pick from the Giants point of view, because they just gave Galladay big money. They have Sterling Shepard. They have Darius Slayton, Evan Ingram. They have a plethora of receiving targets. They have a lot of holes everywhere else. I don't know. Seems like a weird pick, but hey. Sure. Have you seen Daniel Jones? He needs all the help he can get. Yeah, I know, but he has to throw them the football. So he well, yeah. You can't roll it. The guy can't step over the 20-yard line without tripping on it. <laughs> Got him. Soup with the quote of the night. All right, we're at pick number 12, and the Philadelphia Eagles are on the clock. And I do have a trade proposal here from the Jets to trade back, but I'm going to tell the Jets to go stuff 
cheese curls in their undies and get lost because there's J.C. Horn, the cornerback from South Carolina, on the board. There's also this nifty little wide receiver that I happen to be fascinated with. I'm going to take Devonta Smith from Alabama. If he's there at 12, I am personally going to run down to the Novacare complex. I'm going to kick the war room door open. I'm going to push Howie to the ground onto a pile of pillows, and I'm going to submit this pick. <laughs> All the speed. All the speed. If I guarantee you this. If he is on the board and they take J.C. Horn or someone else, he's going to be rookie of the year. You can count it because if the Eagles don't pick you, you blow up. All right, so that puts the Chargers on the board. The Los Angeles Chargers pick 13. They're just going to go ahead and snag J.C. Horn, the cornerback from South Carolina. Yeah. That's what they're doing. Him dropping one more spot. Um, I think the Minnesota Vikings here at 14 are going to address one of their biggest issues. That's interior offensive line. And we're going to draft Elijah Vera Tucker from USC. Ooh, let's hope this guy pans out because everything else that they've done in the draft recently with interior guys has been uh, quite problematic. Were the Vikings the Dan Feeney experiment? No. No, they got the other one. What was the other one? Elfline. Yeah, Pat Elfline, uh, Garrett Bradbury. Dakota Dozier, Ezra Cleveland, like it's all been real rough. Ezra. We need a, yeah, we need Elijah to come in here and really shore up the uh, inside of this offensive line. Yeah, let's go. (laughs) And I will do my best (laughs) as a 200 pound skinny fat guy from Maine. No, no, no. I was talking about Elijah, not Elijah. You oh, I see what you did. However you want, I'm going to be Elijah, Elijah, and the Elijah. Who's on the clock? I've already got training camp in my map quest, and I'm <laughs> on my way, baby. <laughs> All right, New England Patriots at pick 15. We did this Mac- mock draft. Uh, oh, yep, I said it. We did this <laughs> mock draft, draft five or seven times, and Mac Jones was the pick every time. So I will say Mac Jones. And then being more realistic, I will say the Patriots trade back out of the first round. Hmm. I think the Patriots are definitely a trade-up candidate. I mean, opinion, that, but... well, here's the thing. I've been watching the Patriots drafts for a very long time, and whatever I've wanted them to do, they have not done. And that is pretty uh pretty exclusively true i don't remember one time where i was like yeah we went and got the guy it's always like oh that's that's interesting well we Um, gave seattle our pick again oh hey we traded back oh whatever year they had the 31st pick and it was before they they uh bumped up the speed of the draft in the first round or still 15 minutes per first pick and i think it I stayed up and watched the whole thing. I want to say their first pick was at like 12.05 in the morning. And fucking Chris Berman, we have a trade. And I just screamed at the TV and I was like, ah, fuck it. And I went oh, bed. is that the year that the Vikings traded back in to pick Cordell Patterson? It may have been. That timing works out. And I was so mad. <laughs> so they just won't do what I want. But I don't know if I want Mac Jones. I don't know who I want. I mean, I don't know. Cam Newton, I guess, first overall pick. That'd be pretty cool. <laughs> I feel like with the Patriots, too, there's shit. 
I mean, you could probably go through this list and find a bunch of people that you can get excited about being able to uh, contribute to the Patriots next year. And they absolutely will not draft any of those guys. <laughs> like nope. Bill Belichick, nope. more certainly, yeah, will trade from 15 down into the high 20s and pick a guy that everybody's going to go. Yeah, uh, I had him. I had him ranked as a third rounder, but okay. Or, or maybe he'll be ranked highly. That's happened before, but it'll be the wrong position, right? So it'll be like, and the Patriots take, I don't know, Sean, scroll up for a second, and the Patriots take. Um, Najee Harris running back from Alabama. We're all gonna be like, What the fuck are you doing? <laughs> and you know what? Maybe a really good player, but not someone we need. Yeah, because the last time they took a running back in the first round, it worked out. It didn't, it never does. The they last won a Super Bowl with him, uh, yeah, that's true. He was good for a year. Dude, they still play. drafted him when his knees were falling out of his body already. So, yeah, it does feel like, I mean. Do you think Sony Michelle and, and that man's name, Jalen Rager? Yeah, Sony Michelle, uh, you know, Nikhil Harry, like I took they, care of it. They draft for need, but seem to evaluate, you know, what these guys' talents are differently than everybody else because <laughs> nobody should have picked Nikhil Harry in the first round. <laughs> nope. Yeah, I said that. During the draft, uh, I did not like that pick. I still Dude, don't. We laughed at Ben Staples the next day because he was like, yeah, we got our guy. And we're like, you're going to be so disappointed when he shows up. And then everybody called him Keneal. <laughs> Keneal Henry. <laughs> Forever. I know so much about football. Keneal Henry. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, that's all our team's picks. Uh, we can fly through these real quick if anybody cares. Arizona Cardinals, Travis Etienne, the running back, Clemson. Nice pick. The Raiders, Christian Derisaw, the tackle from Virginia Tech. They need offensive line help. The Dolphins, Najee Harris, running back, Alabama, at 18 overall. Seems crazy, but hey, Dolphins are gonna that's be good. their second pick of the first round. So you can you can take a flyer like that. Uh, the Washington Washingtons, the football team, Mike uh, Parsons, Penn State linebacker. Good for you. Just what they need, more defense. The 20th overall pick, Chicago Bears, Tevin Jenkins, the tackle out of Oklahoma State. Got to keep franchise altering quarterback Andy Dalton up, right? <laughs> It'll be one, baby. 21, the Colts are taking Greg Newsom, the corner out of Northwestern. That guy has a lot of traits a lot of skills let's hope it translate to the next level oh yeah i forgot you're a colts fan now yes go colts bolt up or whatever we're supposed to say <laughs> <Colt up. laughs> 22 you got the titans on the clock they're going to take rashad bateman the wide receiver out of minnesota this guy is awesome are you guys i like him a lot the I jets at 23 are taking steve's favorite quitty pay the edge out of michigan the Pittsburgh Steelers, who need help all over the place, are going to waste their first-round pick, number 24 overall, on Javante Williams, the running back from North Carolina. 25, Jacksonville's taking Trayvon Morig, the safety out of TCU. The Browns are taking Aziz Oshalari, the edge out of Georgia. I kind of nailed that one, didn't I? That was pretty 27, good. the Ravens are taking Jason Oh. 
I don't think oh, you say I... his name. You just make a noise. Oh, I'm excited yeah, for the Saints thing? pick. The Saints, Jeremiah Awusu Koromoa, the linebacker yeah. from Notre Dame. And Green Bay has one of my favorite linebacker prospects, Zaven Collins from Tulsa at 29. Buffalo is just stacking their offense. Elijah Moore, the wide receiver from Ole Miss at 30. Chiefs at 31. We jamming. <laughs> jamming Davis, man. <laughs> I don't know. Zaven Collins and... Jamin? <laughs> Jamin Davis? I think it's Jamin. I think Jamin it's Jamin Davis. Davis. Linebacker, um, Kentucky. But I think, yeah, Zaven Collins and Jamin Davis are those types of guys that I'm talking about the Patriots trading back and picking like both seem like Bill Belichick guys like linebacker he loves linebackers so I wouldn't be surprised to see one of those guys end up being the first round pick for the for the Patriots no arguments right. here and the Bucks are gonna round this thing out with it uh defensive tackle Christian Barmore from Alabama because why not they've got everybody on offense back so <laughs> whatever they're just like flip a coin and pull a card out of the box and we draft him <laughs> mike ficklesnitz punter unh all right that's our mock draft got the eagles with devonta smith we have the vikings with elijah vera tucker and the Patriots with Mac Jones. I think if that happened, all three of us would be pretty pleased with the first round of the draft. So naturally, none of those players are destined for our teams. And we're all going to be miserable come draft night. So stay tuned for our post-draft pod. Probably have another pod next week just to, uh, you know, talk about the good things in life. There was no pod last week. We apologize for that. Steve and I were actually invited to come on another podcast to talk about our former lives as musicians. So that was kind of fun. Shout out to Andy Bort, who may come on and do a seven on seven with us sometime. That would be fun. Yeah. And if any of you want to do a seven on seven, it's an episode of our podcast where we bring you on and ask you seven questions about football, seven questions about non-football related topics that are funny, hilarious, and awkward. Thank you, Elijah. And guess what? It's just a fun time. We talk about your team, no matter who you're a fan of. So tweet at us, text us, email us. Steve is getting into Morse code, so hit him up with that. You can email us at jointpracticespod at gmail.com. Hit us up on Instagram at jointpractices. And, you know, go get your Fauci Ochi. I got mine. Oh, the first one. I got the first one. And I had the following day, I pretty much had all the symptoms except for a fever. <laughs> I was very sore and very tired, but I am fine now. I feel good. Yep. A couple more weeks. Get the second one. And then a couple weeks after that, fully vaccinated for now. Let's Seems go. Like they're uh, running tests right now for a, a third shot to help with the variant strains. So yep. we might have yep. to do that down it's the line. okay spread love and um the stuff going on in minnesota is disgusting dante Again. wright say his name dante wright it's not okay what happened so you know continue to stand up with these people i mean of all races the asian community is being targeted the black community is being targeted and it's not right 
and we love you all so that's all from me yeah it's tweeting time <laughs> or you can tweet us at joint practices at 11 to go at the knock says at Elijah the Woe at Stephen the Swope send us a tweet with the hashtag NFL draft to let us know you're listening because uh, we'd love to hear from you also tweet at us with your team and who you want in the first round because I think that would be fun Mac Jones E. Lars Michael Sly baby Mac Jones <laughs> All right. We out.